Hello. You ready to come alive tonight? Anybody? Okay. Well, tonight it's our absolutely priv privilege to feature some of the students from Yarda, um, the dance academy that's part of uh, Q Church. Um, most of you remember it as Mebby's York uh, Rock Academy of Dance, but it's now called Yarda. And uh, we're going to have a, a, an incredible night. There's some great uh, entertainment to be had. Uh, but at the same time, in Q style, we're going to expand our understanding of things. Do you like to learn? I don't know. I do. I always like to learn something. And whatever I'm involved in, I want to learn something. So we are church tonight. I don't know whether you get that. You walk through the doors and I don't know whether you thought, what am I coming to? A, you know, a dance show or what? Well, this is church, not because of a building, not because of anything else, but because of people. Do you get that? People are church and um, it's not what we do or how we do it. It's us. That's all right. Yeah, that's great. So religion tends to demand that we need to make clear distinctions between what is sacred and what is sec secular. It divides stuff between what's acceptable and what's unacceptable. And it requires certain type of behavior which keeps us separate and isolated from others. And all this is supposed to leave us with a sense of holiness, but often the truth is it leaves us more parched and dry, longing for a drink. But we don't do that here. We don't do that here. We at Q, we pursue spirituality. And what spirituality brings is everything together. It acknowledges diversity and interpretation and rejoices in the connection that exists between every living being and the way we, re we express who we are. God doesn't demand certain words in order to receive praise. The greatest praise we can give him is us, you, being who you are as his unique creation here on earth, living life to the full in love, light and freedom. God wants us to sing our own song. He wants us to write our own story and he wants to put on, uh, us to put on our own show. This is what Q is all about and we want you to join that quest with us tonight. So, a slide was put on a little earlier, I believe, and it said this, dance like no one's watching, sing like no one's listening, love like you've never been hurt. Oh, how I wish that we could all do that. The truth is, life is a stage and we all function under the spotlight of each other. I heard this morning something on the TV and it said this, spotlights are hot and some people die under them. Even if we manage to reduce the audience to just one. For some of us, those glaring judgmental eyes belong to God. And for another group, those eyes are their own. We all find it easier to let down our hair in private. We sing in the shower, we perform into the mirror with our microphone hairbrush, but once we venture out of the doors, the walls of protection spring into place. We all become reluctant to express ourselves with abandon for fear of criticism and ultimate rejection. Wouldn't we all like to live 
without that need of approval. Now there is a way, and we're going to learn a little bit more about that tonight. But you know, the people who are going to perform on this stage tonight would like to be viewed the way that you would like to be viewed. So if you were up on this stage tonight, how would you like people to respond to you? And that's the thing tonight. We want to get over a, a picture that our expressions are really each other's expressions. We want to be able to say that what I am is what you are because we're all part of an incredible oneness and we're going to learn a little bit more about that tonight. But before further ado, let's get on with the, the, the programme tonight. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Are you having a good time so far? Hope so. Now, I have been um, preoccupied at many times in my life about my audience, and I'm sure you have too. And there have been many audiences that I've found myself in front of um, worrying about how I am going to be received by those audiences. And sometimes there's been tougher crowds than others. I think you're a nice crowd tonight, so I think I'm all right. Now, um, I have learned over time to focus perhaps on that audience of, of one. And my faith, as I understood it, um, was enabled me to almost picture um, a metaphorical, smiling dad-type God figure on the front row of my life that I used to find incredibly reassuring. And I found myself having sort of a love-hate relationship with the roles I've found in life, because I found myself having to speak in front of lots of people in my job, whilst also being somebody that likes to quite hide behind the scenes, because we love what we can do, but we're also aware that you you're opening yourself up to being judged by yourself, to being judged by other people. And what if everybody thinks that you just fall a little bit short? Now, I guess I've learned to be more comfortable in my own skin as I've got older and to sort of drown out some of the voices. But hey, don't we all sometimes struggle with how we might be seen by others and that criticism? But what if there is a truth about an audience of one that would really help not just me, but you tonight with such fears? And those fears keep us behind walls um, when actually we could live out in the open in a way that we could dance like the Prime Minister in public as well as private. Now, that the core of all of our audience issues is that we, we feel we're separate from other people. So I am up here you are down there, and what might you think of me? What might I think of you? And I think that whether that's real or perceived because of how we project our insecurities onto each other, um, we would all acknowledge that that feels quite difficult at times. Now, this for us has been a journey we've gone on as a church because we know that for a long time, um, the mainstream message is that God is very separate for you and that you have to find this God, and when you find this God, you then have to somehow make him okay with you and keep him pleased with you. And that was the message that many of us were handed down. Now, actually, that separateness cultivates such an environment of judgment for us all, because it, it's all about who is in, who is out, who is superior, who is inferior, who might be right or wrong, and 
is what we're doing acceptable or unacceptable? And that makes life actually very complicated. And for us in here, it's made our faith quite complicated at times. But actually, we have found a new way. And part of what we're trying to do as Q and tonight is that we want to introduce you to another way of looking at the idea of audience, and particularly that audience of one. Because one tends to be that one person that we're obsessing over how we're perceived by them. Now, a more expansive thought is an idea of oneness. And how about if we're all doing life before an audience of oneness? All of our stories being connected, and actually me, you, God, every human being, all part of the same source. Might that change some of the fears that we have? Now, how might it work? Well, we propose that maybe we could love others, not because we or they are perfect, but because we're part of something quite brilliant and perfect in itself, this great collective that is called humanity. And being a collective means that instead of me being up here and you being down there, that suddenly we're one. What I express is what you express. I hurt, you hurt. You laugh, I laugh. Your success is my success. Your failure is my failure. And we're all in it together. And what could we achieve together in life if it didn't matter who was more, who was less, who got the glory, who didn't? What would it matter if we were all in it together? What if as well, instead of viewing God as a separate being, we viewed him as being itself? I am. What if we were part of that being so that when I see you, I see me. And when you see me, you see him. And when we look at each other, we see God. It would mean for me that all of our expression would alter. How we did our singing and our dancing would be transformed. And it would change how we worshipped. Because can we tell God separate, he is great, whilst criticising one another? I don't think so. An appreciation of each other as his creation is the expression we offer as part of being one. Religion means return to bondage. It puts you in prison. And religion obsesses over sin. And sin means separation. If we could get a new thought about all this and embrace that we live our lives for an audience of oneness together, might we all find liberation? Might we become one another's cheerleaders and celebrators rather than one another's critics and judges at all times with all people? I don't know about you, but I want that sort of a world. And later, we're going to explore what we might need to navigate past in order to have it. Thank you. I love that. I like the way she brought the house down when she hit that top note. It was amazing. Um, We're going to take an offering in this next song, and I don't want any of you who are here tonight as a guest to feel obliged in any way to give. Um, But this uh, church really exists to help people out there in the community. We exist to preach this incredible good news of the gospel to those who uh, are needing to hear it in order that we might understand that there's not a a separation that exists, but there's an incredible oneness uh, for us uh, in in God and in uh, with each other. And so we're going to take an offering as we sing in a minute. So those that have been, um, you know, allocated to do that, please, um, you know, come forward. But we just want to remind you of something that's happening uh, next uh, Sunday night. I forget, I'm still Saturday conscious. Next Sunday night, we're going to do something called Face Palm Sunday. 
Have we got it up there? Yeah. Now, some of you might go, oh, what's going on? Uh, we're taking a risk. Um, it is actually Palm Sunday in the context of the church year. But, you know, we at Q are very unconventional. And uh, we decided to do something that's called Face Palm Sunday. And as it's, we haven't got it up there. But it's basically, we're going to look at all the things that are supposedly attached to Christianity. But when you look at it, really, you think to yourself, really? Now, you might think, dare we do that? Yes, we dare. And if you're with us at Q, then come along and and, and help us do that. And uh, if you're out there on the fringes who've had some sort of um, understanding of, of religion or Christianity or whatever, but you've got questions that you think, this does not make sense, then you, not, you need to be here because we are the sort of place that are willing to ask those questions, willing to have a look and say, guess what? You're right and we're okay with that. So that's happening next Sunday night and it's going to be a laugh. Do you think in church we should laugh? I don't think we laugh enough. And even tonight we've put some incredible things up there and you're all very... Why? It's because, oh, is this church? What? No, we're church. So come on, let's enjoy. Let's be, let's, let's just express ourselves. But next week, it's going to be absolutely amazing. So we're going to sing now and then take, take the, what we call pay it forward. We don't take an offering as such. It sounds really quite traditional. But we want to give into a pot that helps us pay forward to let somebody else experience what we've experienced. Does that make sense? Yeah, so we're going to do that. But anyway, we're going to sing now. Thank you. At the beginning, we uh, saw a slide that said, um, dance like nobody's watching, sing like nobody's listening. But then the last one was love like you've never been hurt. Now, there's one thing that we all have in common, and it's we've all been hurt. Would you agree? Okay. So hurt is at the root of all our inhibitions. We've just singing there, release your inhibitions. Why don't we release those inhibitions? It's because when we've been hurt, we become afraid, and the fear is what stops us expressing ourselves. We can't dance as no one's watching and we can't sing as no one's listening it may be that someone has said something to you and you may have been told that you weren't good enough you may have suffered betrayal you may have loved and lost and so we build walls to protect ourselves the reality is that when we are hurt love gets lost because fear becomes the dominant force and love struggles to bloom in that environment So how can we possibly love as though we have not been hurt when we have been? Maybe the question should be, how do we love beyond the hurt? There is an amazing illustration about childbirth. It is suggested that a human can bear up to 45, and this is a funny word, dells of pain. Now, dell is this measuring device that's being used by people. I don't know anything about it, but you know, they know about it. So we, we're able to bear 45 dells of pain. 
Yet at the time of giving birth, a mother feels up to 57 dells of pain. This is similar to 20 bones getting fractured at any one time. Thank you, Jenny. Awesome. Who would want to have 20 bones fractured at one time and feel okay about it? None of us, exactly. But here's the point. But what happens once a baby is born? It's like they did nothing to you. If you were to say, you're not going to get away with doing that to me, causing me so much pain it's likely that one couldn't accept the child that you just delivered. But we do. And why is that? It's because we continue to love beyond the pain. And I've got to find my next page. The baby represents a desire of something that was wanted so much. That one look at its little face and what? The pain is forgotten. We are all willing to be pained for the goals that we see as worthy. We will spend our blood, sweat and tears on that which we desire. You might say, but childbirth is different, a different issue. But is it really? What you really desire will cause you to forget the pain and allow for a beautiful connection that might otherwise be lost. Now, there was a slide on there a little while ago, and it said this. A beautiful life is just a step beyond the hurt, but we have to let go and enter into a new chapter by letting go. We have to see pain as a, um, a beginning and not an end. Now, Nelson Mandela is a beautiful example of someone who found a way to love as if they had never been hurt. Had he been hurt? Absolutely. Listen to these powerful words he said as he walked out of the door towards the gate that would lead to my freedom. I knew that if I didn't leave the hurt behind, I would still be in prison. There's another guy that we like to uh, mention in this church. It's a guy called Richard Rowe and he said this, if we don't transform our pain, we will transmit it. Some of you don't realise that this is what you're doing in your life and then we wonder why we never move on. Some things are just totally unjust. But what are you going to do about it? Are you willing to focus on the beautiful life that is just one step away or are you going to hold on to the hurt? Nelson Mandela's desire was that his country be one. His country's peace, unity, prosperity, oneness meant more than 25 years of imprisonment and injustice. He refused to be defined by his decades of pain and in confinement. He decide, desired something more and it was enough. Sorry. So, what I want to ask you tonight is that are you ready to change what you desire? Will you desire oneness over your individual feelings? And if so, transformation will begin right now 
and we're ready to see a video. Thank you. Awesome. Hope you've enjoyed the programme tonight and we've just got one last incredible piece for you. And uh, they're bringing on bushes uh, just to prove it. Um, yeah, you're going to be blown away by this and uh, I'm just going to wrap up while uh, they get the thing on, which is happening slowly. Okay, um, I don't know whether you really noticed what was happening in that last clip from Nelson Mandela, but what really occurred to me was that he did not choose to separate things, i.e. black from white, because he thought, well, you know, the, 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 the apartheid uh, policies in South Africa had what had caused all his pain. He actually said, no, the way to move forward is to actually bring it together, for there to be a oneness that said, we can do this together. And that's the point of what we've tried to bring tonight, that, you know, most of the time we live our lives as very separate individuals and all that does is bring pain. But if we decide that we are going to actually live in an audience of oneness, then actually it changes our lives. Um, we often think that, um, you know, that's how God operates. And I know Jenny alluded to that a little bit when she spoke. We have this idea that God gets really upset at how people behave and he gets really very annoyed and therefore he separates the good from the bad. And he's even got this place, you know, good go to heaven and bad go to hell. Do you know, that's not what God's like. In fact, what is incredible about God is he decided that the way to deal with all this was to reconcile it all. Well, reconciliation is about bringing things together and when you bring things together you actually end up with an incredible peaceful world so I don't know whether everybody's ready but just before we go what I'm going to say this is that there is a a, a part in the Bible where it talks about Jesus uh, saying a prayer for his disciples and it said I pray that they might be one as we are one and he was talking to his father God and he said, I pray that they'll be one as we are one. That's quite a powerful statement. And my prayer for you all tonight is that we might be one as Jesus and the Father were one. And on that basis, we can create an incredible world. So I thank you for being here tonight. Enjoy this last uh, um, uh, performance. It's going to be amazing. And then we're done. Thank you.